guys we got two days left of reading welcome back i hope you had a great weekend we are going to finish up the house on my go street today and tomorrow um we're going to read pages 88 to page 98 today so 10 pages today we are going to skip the vignette red clowns um something pretty awful happens in that vignette i don't feel comfortable reading it you may read it on your own if you wish to it's not like super dirty or anything but just what happens is really uncomfortable to read and um, it is a very important part of, of Esperanza's life and Sally Sandra Cisneros's life, which, as you know, is the author of this book and is the reason that the story is even a story because it's her real story. This is a true story. Um, but it's going to make, make sense as we get into this final, the last two chapters, um, last two sections, I mean, of, of what's going on and what she's going to do, what her plans are. So anyway, okay. Um, we're going to read Beautiful and Cruel first. It's on page 88. I'm an ugly daughter. I'm the one nobody comes for. Nanny says she won't wait her whole life for a husband to come and get her. That's Minerva's sis that Minerva's sister left her mother's house by having a baby, but she doesn't want to go that way either. She wants things all her own, to pick and choose. Nanny has pretty eyes, and it's easy to talk that way if you're pretty. So she's like, I know that Nanny's going to get a husband someday because she's pretty. My mother says, when I get older, my dusty hair will settle and my blouse will learn to stay clean, but... I've decided not to grow up tame like the others who lay in their necks and the threshold waiting for the ball and chain, waiting for it, waiting to get married. She's like, I'm not going to do that. In the movies, there is always the one with the red, lip, red, lip, red, red lips who is beautiful and cruel. She is the one who drives the men crazy and laughs them all away. Her power is her own. She will not give it away. I've begun my own quiet war. Simple, sure. I am one who leaves the table like a man without putting back the chair or picking up the plate. She's saying, you know what? I am not going to wait around for a man. I, first of all, I'm the ugly daughter. I'm not going to be whisked away by some man. So I've got to decide what I want. And it's not going to be by having a baby or getting a man or anything like that. I'm going to take charge of my own future. She's going to be beautiful and cruel. That is one you can use to inspire something that you want to write if you want to be beautiful and cruel. This next one's good too. Smart cookie. I could have been somebody, you know, my mother says in size. She has lived in the city her whole life. She can speak two languages. She can sing opera. She knows how to fix a TV. But she doesn't know which subway train to take to get downtown. I hold her hand very tight while we wait for the right train to arrive. She used to draw when she had time. Now she draws with a needle and thread, little knotted rosebuds, tulips made of silk thread. Someday she would like to go to the ballet. Someday she would like to see a play. She borrows opera records from the public library and sings with velvety lungs, powerful as morning glories. Today, while cooking oatmeal, she is Madam Butterfly until she sighs and points the wooden spoon at me. I could have been somebody, you know, Esperanza, you go to school. Study hard. That Madam Butterfly was a fool. She stirs the oatmeal. Look at my comrades. Sorry, look at my comadres. She means Azura, who left, whose husband left in Yolanda, whose husband is dead. Gotta take care all your own, she says, shaking her head, then out of nowhere. Shame is a bad thing, you know. It keeps you down. You want to know why I quit school? because I didn't have nice clothes. No clothes, but I had brains. Yep, she says, disgusted, stirring again. I was a smart cookie then. She's saying, Esperanza, don't let your life be judged by other people. Don't let people hold you back. Get up, make something of yourself. If you can sing, sing. If you can do art, art, do art. Whatever it is you're going to do, get up and do something yourself. Don't let other people bring you down. Don't, don't feel embarrassed by your situation. Just because you don't have clothes, don't drop out of school. That's what she did. 
Um, and that's a very small re- thing that she's talking about. But that means, you know, like just because you have something bad going on in your life doesn't mean you have to give up. You can still make something of yourself. Um, just a little personal story here, guys, and I'll probably write a vignette about this. My, my birth mother was very, very smart. And she, but she threw her life away. She used drugs and screwed up. And um, me, I decided that's what I didn't want with my life. I wanted the exact opposite. I wanted to make something of myself. And um, I think that's what Esperanza's mom, Esperanza's mom is a good mom. She's not a bad person. She's turned out to be a good person, but she's not, she could have been more. And she doesn't want Esperanza to make the same mistake. That's one you can also write about too, guys. 92 is called What Sally Said. He never hits me hard. She said her mama rubs lard on all the places where it hurts. Then at school, she'd said she, she'd say she fell. That's where all the blue places come from. That's why her skin is always scarred. But who believes her? A girl that big? A girl who comes in with a pretty, her pretty face all beaten and black can't be falling off the stairs. He never hits me hard. But Sally doesn't tell about the time he hit her with his hands just like a dog. She said, like if I was an animal. He thinks I'm going to run away like his sisters who made the family ashamed just because I'm a daughter. And then she doesn't say. Sally was going to get permission to stay with us a little. And one Thursday she came finally with a sack full of clothes and a paper bag of sweetbread her mama sent. And would have stayed too except when the dark came her father whose eyes were a little, little from crying knocked on the door and said please come back. This is the last time. And she said daddy and went home. Then we needn't to worry until one day Sally's father catches her talking to a boy. And the next day she doesn't come to school. And the next, until the way Sally tells it, he just went crazy. He just forgot he was her father between the buckle and the belt. You're not my daughter. You're not my daughter. And then he broke into his hands. So Sally is being abused. This is the girl from a couple chapters ago. The set the chapter called Sally. Um, this is the girl that, you know, she goes home. She strains up her skirt. She washes off her eye makeup because she's scared of her dad. And this is why. Um, so she's going to be wanting out as well. She needs to escape. Um, she tried to come live with Esperanza for a little bit, but that didn't work out. All right, this is the last one we're going to read today. Um, this one has an interesting turn to it as well. Um, and then we're going to be skipping Red Clowns, like I said. Um, you may wish, read it on your own if you wish to, but I warn you now that it is a little bit um, horrible what happens in Red Clowns. The Monkey Garden. The monkey doesn't live there anymore. The monkey moved to Kentucky and took his people with him. And I was glad because I couldn't listen anymore to his wild screaming at night, the twangy yakety yak of people who owned him, the green metal cage, the porcelain tabletop, the family that spoke like guitars, monkey, family, table, all gone. And it was then we took over the garden we had been afraid to go into when the monkey screamed and showed its yellow teeth. There were sunflowers big as, flower, big as flowers on Mars and thick coxcombs bleeding the deep red fringe of theater curtains. There were dizzy bees and bow-tied fruit flies turning somersaults and humming in the air. Sweet, sweet peach trees, thorn roses and thistle pears, weeds like so many squinty-eyed stars and brush that made your ankles itch and itch until you washed with soap and water. There were big green apples, hard as knees, and everywhere the sleepy smell of rotting wood, damp earth, and dusty hollyhocks, thick and perfumey like the blonde blue of hair, hair of the dead. Again, guys, I want to just point out to you the brilliance of this author. She is so, so good at getting you to visualize and see and smell and taste and hear. She's able to use imagery in a way that makes you really into, I mean, like we can smell the damp earth. We can see the, the different colors of the flowers. We can hear the humming in the air. It's just a really neat, she's just a great author. 
Yellow spiders ran when we turned rocks over and pale worms blind and afraid of light rolled over in their sleep. Poke a stick in the sandy soil and a few blue skin beetles would appear. An avenue of ants. So many crusty ladybugs. This was a garden. A wonderful thing to look at in spring. But bit by bit, after the monkey left, the garden began to take over itself. Flowers stopped obeying the little bricks that kept them from growing beyond their paths. Weeds mixed in. Dead cars appeared overnight like mushrooms. First one, and then another, and then a pale blue pickup, and then with the front wheel windshield smashed. Before you knew it, the monkey garden became filled with sleepy cars. So they've turned this monkey garden, or this garden where the monkey used to live. There was a, a, a family that had a monkey. They've turned it into like a junkyard. Things had a way of disappearing in the garden, as if the garden itself ate them. Or, as if with its old man memory, it put them away and forgot them. Then he found a dollar in a dead mouse between two rocks and a stone wall, where the morning glories climbed. And once when we were playing hide-and-seek, Eddie Vargas laid his head beneath a hibiscus tree and fell asleep there like Rip Van Winkle, until somebody remembered he was in the game and went back to look for him. This, I suppose, was the reason why we went there, far away where our mothers could, from where our mothers could find us. We and a few old dogs who lived inside the empty cars. We made a clubhouse once in the back of that old blue pickup. And besides, we liked to jump from the roof of one car to another and pretend they were giant mushrooms. Somebody started the lie that the monkey garden had been there before anything. We like to think that the garden could hide things for a thousand years. There beneath the roots of soggy flowers were the bones of murdered pirates and dinosaurs. The eye of a unicorn turned to a coal. This is where I wanted to die and where I tried one day, but not even the monkey garden would have me. It was the last day I would go there. This is a very important story to her, to Esperanza's story from here on out. Who was it that said I was getting too old to play the games? Who was it that said I didn't? Who was it that I didn't listen to? I only remember that when the others ran, I wanted to run too, up and down and through the monkey garden, fast as the boys, not like Sally, who screamed if she got her stockings muddy. I said, Sally, come on. But she wouldn't. She stayed by the curb talking to Tito and his friends. Play with the kids if you want, she said. I'm staying here. She could be stuck up like that if she wanted to, so I just left. It was her own fault, too. When I got back, Sally was pretending to be mad, something about the boys having stolen her keys. Please give them back to me, she said, punching the nearest one with the soft fist. They were laughing. She was, too. It was a joke I didn't get. I wanted to go back with the other kids who were still jumping on the cars, still chasing each other through the garden, but Sally had her own game. One of the boys invented the rules. One of Tito's friends said, You can get the keys back unless you kiss us. You can't get the keys back unless you kiss us. And Sally pretended to be mad at first, but she said yes. It was that simple. I don't know why, but something inside me wanted to throw a stick. Something wanted to say... No, when I watched Sally going into the garden with Tito's buddies. All grinning. It was just a kiss, that's all. A kiss for each one. So what, she said. Only how come I felt angry inside? Like something wasn't right. Sally went behind that old blue pickup to kiss the boys and get her keys back. And I ran up three flights of stairs to where Tito lived. His mother was ironing shirts. She was sprinkling water on them from the empty pop bottle and smoking a cigarette. Your son and his friends stole Sally's keys, and now they won't give them back unless she kisses them, and right now they're making her kiss them, I said, all out of breath from the three flights of stairs. Ha, those kids, she said, not looking up from her ironing. That's all? What do you want me to do, she said, call the cops. Kept on ironing. I looked at her a long time, but I couldn't think of anything to say, and I ran back down the three flights of stairs to the garden where Sally needed to be saved. I took three big sticks and a brick and figured that was enough. But when I got there, Sally said, go home. Those boys said, leave us alone. I felt stupid with my brick. They all looked at me as if I was the one that was crazy. It made me feel ashamed. And then I don't know why, but I had to run away. I had to hide myself on the other end of the garden, in the jungle part, under the tree that wouldn't mind if I lay down and cried a long time. 
I closed my eyes like tight stars that I wouldn't, so that I wouldn't, but I did. My face felt hot. Everything inside hiccuped. I read somewhere in India that there are priests who can will their heart to stop beating. I wanted to will my blood to stop, my heart to quit its pumping. I wanted to be dead, to turn into the rain. My eyes melt to the ground like two black snails. I wished and I wished. I closed my eyes and willed it, but when I got up, my dress was green and I had a headache. I looked at my feet in their white socks and ugly round shoes. They seemed far away. They didn't seem to be my feet anymore, and the garden that had been such a good place to play didn't seem mine either. All right, guys. So this um, entrance, if you, this this entry, this vignette, as you can see at the beginning, well, it's kind of a symbolism. It kind of is like the Garden of Eden in the Bible. It's this paradise when she was a kid. It's a magical, perfect place where everything is innocent, and pure, and beautiful. Um, and the kids just love it. It's a place to escape. But then something happens that causes a loss of innocence. Sally starts um, playing this game with Tito that's not a game. Um, she's being manipulated for different favors and kisses and things like that. And um, Esperanza is upset at her loss of innocence here. She realizes that she is not a kid anymore, but she's more upset about something else. And I don't know if you've picked up on this throughout this entire book, but on Mango Street, men and the boys are able to act like they do because no one stops them. Things have changed a lot. Again, this is the 1960s. But um, but things have things have changed a lot in this in this world, thank goodness. But back then, the boys and the men were able to treat women however they wanted to. And the women on Mango Street are just stuck. They're trapped. Um, and, you know, Esperanza even wanted to come save Sally. And she knows that the only way to get out is with the guy. So... Whichever guy it is, it's going to save her is what it is. Um, she's very confused here. And the, like I said, the next chapter that we're not going to read, the Red Clowns, is going to be the one that really, really makes her confused. And it's very horrible what happens in the next one. Um, when we come back on Tuesday, we'll finish up this story. It's going to have an interesting and good ending, guys. So don't don't worry. Um, this, this is just leaving on a really rough note today. So um, anyway. I love you guys, and we will finish this tomorrow. And um, be working on your vignettes. Be working on your location tracker. Wednesday, we'll play some kind of review game. I'll probably just send a review home for the ones that are at home. Um, and then on Thursday, we'll take a quick test. You can use your, your location tracker on the test. And then the rest of Thursday into Friday, you can finish up the vignettes. Those are due Friday at midnight. So that's what I got for you. I love you, and I'll talk to you later.